0: ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at vab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today, ladies, we are taking a look at the captivity of Israel, the 10 northern tribes, by the king of Assyria in chapter 14 we are leading up to this takeover there is a little review from the chapter before Joash also called Jehoahash son of Jehoahaz is king of Israel Amaziah is king of Judah He was 25 years old when he became king, and he was king for 29 years. His mom was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. Again, ladies, one of the reasons that the mom's names are given with the kings of Judah is that because way back in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, the serpent is promised that his head will be crushed by the seed of Eve. Amaziah was a good king, yet not as good as David his father or his ancestor. But as Joash his father, because the high places were not taken down, in other words, they were still worshipping idols. As soon as he became king, he killed the servants that killed his dad, but verse 6 says he did not kill their children. Because of the book of Moses where the Lord commands that every man should be put to death for their own sin. This is found in Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 16 and this shows us that the king did know the Torah. He took down a neighboring nation of Edom and then he requested to see the king of Israel face to face. Joash sent back an insult. But the king of Judah insisted, so they met, and they fought. Judah did not do well, and the men fled. The king of Israel took the king of Judah back to Jerusalem and broke down part of the wall. He took gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of the Lord, and all the treasures that were in the king's house, Plus, he took hostages and went back to Samaria. The king of Judah still lived, but he was humiliated. The king of Israel, the northern tribe, died and was buried in Samaria, and Jeroboam the second reigned in his place. And the king of Judah, Amaziah, was killed by the people of Jerusalem. He was buried in Jerusalem with his fathers jeroboam the second king of israel did evil in the sight of the lord yet he was used to increase their land on the coast and then in verse 25 of chapter 14 we see that the lord predicted that would happen through the hand of god's servant jonah the son of amittai the prophet Now, this is the same Jonah that got swallowed by the fish in the small book of the prophets, Jonah. What I love about this one verse is that there were other things going on in the Bible people's lives, some of which we never know about. But again, the writers of scripture tell us what we need to know. Here it shows God is at work even in the midst of an evil king. The king of Israel died and Zechariah his son reigned just for six months and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He was killed and his murderer was Shalom the son of Jabesh. This is significant because the Lord had told Jehu he would have up to four generations to sit on the throne because he had removed Baal from Israel the Lord's word came true. With Judah, Amaya's son Azariah became king at 16 years old and reigned for 52 years. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He was a good king like his father, but high places were not removed. He got leprosy, so he was placed in a separate house and his son was acting king until his father died and then he became king. His name was Jotham. Back up to the northern tribes, Shalom reigned for a full month. Wow! And then Menahem, son of Gadi, became king. He was evil and he reigned for 10 years in Samaria. The king of Assyria, Pul, came And Menahem paid him to leave his land alone. Then he dies and his son, Pekahiah, reigned for two years. He also did what was evil. He was killed by one of his captains named Pekah, and then Pekah became king. He reigned 20 years. He too did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now Assyria has a new king, tiglath Pilesar. And he took eight cities and areas of Israel and carried away some captives back to Assyria. So Hoshea, son of Elah, conspired and killed the king of Israel. And then he became king. At the end of chapter 15, it switches back to the southern tribe of Judah. Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was 25 years old, and he reigned for 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. He was a good king, but he also did not remove the high places from Judah. But he did rebuild a part of the house of the Lord. In verse 37, it says, In those days the Lord began to send Against Judah, Rezin the king of Syria and Pekah the son of Remaliah, who was king of Israel, Jotham the king of Judah died, and his son Ahaz reigned in his place. Ahaz was twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for sixteen years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God. He was not like David but was like the kings of Israel. In verse 3 of chapter 16, it says that he made his son pass through the fire according to the abominations of the heathens. What that means is, is that he gave his son up as a child sacrifice. Then Rezin, the king of Syria, joined forces with the king of Israel, Pekah, and came to war against Jerusalem. However, they could not overcome it. This persuaded Ahaz, the king of Judah, to join forces or actually to pay tribute to the king of Assyria in order to fight for Judah. In a sense, Judah became a vassal to Assyria and it worked. Assyria attacked and took Damascus and carried the people off as captives. Well, the king of Judah, Ahaz, went to Damascus in order to meet tiglath pileser king of Assyria, and he saw a beautiful pagan altar and had Urijah, the priest, make him one. He took the original altar in the temple in Jerusalem and moved it so that his altar would be center stage, and then he changed other things in the temple. This means that he was not following God's directions about worship. Well, Ahaz died and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and Hezekiah, his son, reigned in Judah. Now we go back to the northern tribes. Hoshea is now king, reigning in Samaria for nine years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, but not as the king of Israel's before him. The king of Assyria came to attack, but Hoshea gave presents and became a vassal nation. Yet he went behind the Assyrian king's back and made a pact with Egypt, which Israel was never to do, and chose not to give money to Assyria anymore. The king of Assyria attacked, bound, and threw Hoshea, king of Israel, in prison. Then the king of Assyria came through Israel and Samaria and besieged the land for three years and finally removed Israel away into Assyria. Then the author of Second Kings steps out of the storyline to tell us why God would allow Israel to be taken into captivity. The Israelites, number one, feared other gods. Two, walked in the ways of the world. Three, secretly did what was wrong. Four, built high places of worship for idols. Five, set up idols and images. Six, Worshipped and burnt incense to false gods. Seven, served idols like Baal and Ashtoreth. Eight, God sent prophets and seers who said to turn and told of the law, but they would not hear. Nine, they hardened their necks like their fathers, the stiff-necked people that Moses would talk about. Ten, they didn't believe the Lord. Eleven, they rejected his statutes, his covenants, and his testimony. Twelve, they followed vanity. Thirteen, they made molten images like the two calves. Fourteen, they did child sacrifices. Fifteen, they followed divination and enchantments. And sixteen, they sold themselves to do evil. Therefore, The Lord became angry and removed them from his sight and only Judah was left. Then in verse 19, we get a glimpse of what is to come. And Judah also did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel, which they made. And this is why Israel was carried away out of their own land to Assyria. We then go back to the story at the end of chapter 17. Then the king of Assyria brought people from other lands to inhabit the land of Israel, especially Samaria. Well, the Lord sent lions to attack them because they did not fear the Lord. So the people asked about the God of the land. So the king of Assyria sent a priest to go down to the land of Israel in order to teach those people the manner of the God of the land. Then one unnamed priest came down and lived in Bethel and taught them how to fear the Lord. They feared the Lord, yet The people also worshipped their gods, which led them to not follow the Lord's commands, which he gave to the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord made a covenant with them and charged them to not follow other gods. But the Lord who brought them out of the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm. He only is the one whom Israel was to serve and to worship. So these nations, like Israel, served both the Lord God and their gods, and taught their children and their children's children to do the same. And they do it to this day, said the writer of Second Kings. One thing we see from this story is that God is patient, but there is a time that his patience runs out. He can only tolerate sin for so long. And if you notice in the list that the writer gave of why they went into captivity, many deal with worship of idolatry and their actions. They go hand in hand. The two that struck me is that they feared other gods, And they did not believe the Lord. One thing about reading the Old Testament is it is clear that the Lord keeps his word. So why don't we believe him? As I watch the news, I inevitably shed a tear nowadays. Fear can so easily creep into my heart. But when I read about Israel's captivity, I see God at work and I realize he's not afraid. He's not shocked. He may be angry, though. The key is that I don't want him to be angry with me. For those who are his, he promises to never leave us or forsake us. Deuteronomy 31.6 So ladies, are we like King David or are we like the kings of Israel? Do we hold a synchronistic religion of God and something else? Have you ever seen those kitchen towels that say God and coffee or God and chocolate? At first I smile and sometimes I even say amen to that. But then the spirit of the Lord gently says, No, Julie, just God, period, no and. There is only one Lord one God that we are to serve. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and commanded Christians to walk worthy of our calling with lowliness and meekness, long-suffering, and love. And then he goes on in Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6, There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord who is Jesus Christ one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Ladies, let's be women of God, period. No ands. If you hear his voice today, don't harden your necks and be stiff-necked like the Israelites. Instead, let's be women who obey Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.